For anybody that's keeping track, we're at the end of day nine, and it's time to get unbothered. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute, because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. What's up, everybody? Tyra Vera here, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. That's right. It's Unbothered by Tyra Vera. Bijou is currently enjoying a Whimsy's Alligator. Whimsy's Alligator is never to be sponsor of Unbothered by Tyra Vera. We've come to terms with that, but we still put the link down below. It's an Amazon link, so I do get a couple of dollars, a little bit of candy money for cheat day, if you guys aren't familiar. I want to say a big thank you to Cindy. Cindy, thank you for sending me a couple bags of Whimsy's Alligators for Snoopy Bijou. She's not started on your bag yet, but she's almost ready. So it couldn't have come at a better time. Thank you so much, Cindy. And I won't say Cindy's last name because I don't want any of you mooches hitting Cindy up thinking she's a fountain of free whimsies. You go to the link below and you buy your whimsies like everybody else. And if you want to send me a bag of whimsies, hit me up for address. I'll send you some info. I'll let you get me a bag of whimsies. I'll let you treat Bijou like a lady. What do I care? Anyway, here's where we're at, you guys. It's been nine days of sobriety now. I am enjoying it now. But I have to say, when people tell you, and this isn't anything against marijuana, so nobody get mad at me and act like, oh, I happen to love weed. Good. I'm glad you love it. Keep doing it for as long as you want to. But what I will say is when you're stopping weed, just like anything else that you stop, it does have certain effects on your body. Mine in particular, it affects me in different ways as far as not being able to sleep the way that I was sleeping. I've been taking ZZZZ Quill, which I would just call Z Quill, but that's what it says on the package. It says ZZZZ Quill which if you guys want to try it, I'll put an Amazon link for that below too. Why don't I just make a couple dollars off ZZZ Quill? And if you guys decide to buy anything from Amazon, use my link below. You're going to buy it anyway. What do you care if I get a couple dollars off of it? How does that affect your life? Why don't you guys want to see me get ahead? That's what I really want to know, but we're not going to dwell on that. We're going to move on because clearly some of you are petty and don't want to see me get ahead. You're not paying for this podcast any other way. Let's be honest about that. I could tell you my numbers on YouTube, or you can just look at them. You'll see. There's nothing big coming off of this. So the least you could do is let me get a couple dollars off of stuff you're going to buy anyway. But really, I don't care about that. What I do care about is that not smoking the weed did take a little bit of my body adjusting, and I'm used to that now. I've started to reacclimate because it's been nine days. And I'm feeling much better. I dropped my calories again. I was at 2,000 something calories and now I've dropped it down to 1,500. But then when you factor in that I work out, then I burn an additional 600 calories, give or take, when I'm working out. So then that gets added. So I'm probably at about 2,100 calories is what I'm supposed to be at. For some reason, I have trouble meeting that sometimes, so I end up around 200 calories under, so 1,900 calories. Either way, I do it the way that I have to do it, and it feels good for me. And this is where my body's used to working, so I feel good about everything that's going on as far as that goes. As far as my growth on social media, that's been going well. I'm currently on a break from social media. I got banned for seven days because 
This woman was arguing with me about Elliot Page, which if you guys want to check that video out, I'll put a link right here so you guys can see the Elliot Page situation and how I felt about that. Some woman was giving a friend of mine named Jay Mandium a hard time because he was doing a new version of the old joke, Who's on First, which I think was Abbott and Costello that originally did the Who's on First. And he was doing this version of Who's on First where he was saying like, Ellen Page was on Juno and then they were like, you know, what's Juno? And he was like, Juno. And it was a silly little joke. And then this woman chimed in and said, straight, cisgender woman, said, white woman. Not that that really matters, but it kind of matters. Just because, like I told you guys, it's always these people that I don't know if it's that they don't know what to do with their leftover white guilt and now that just applies to lgbt i don't know if it's because white people are used to being the karens of society and i know plenty of white people that aren't like this so please don't come after me and be like not all white people i know not all white people are like this and thank god for regular white people that aren't always apologizing but still willing to learn because we all have a bit to learn i just happen to be really well versed when it comes to lgbt because i've been out for so long but when it comes to people wanting to learn i think that's a great thing i don't think there's anything wrong with it i think when you start trying to police everybody else's speech and expect everybody to be caught up to where you are where in a lot of cases like I've already said and like I told this particular woman she really didn't know what she was talking about she was upset because she said that my friend Jay was dead naming by even mentioning the name Ellen Page and the way my thinking works on that is she was Ellen Page when she did that movie Juno and then he is now Elliot Page. And it's okay to make that distinction, in my opinion. And the trans people that I know that are the most well-adjusted are the ones that understand and accept that at one point they identified a different way. And there's nothing wrong with somebody acknowledging that. If they're disrespecting you in the current and saying this is who you are and you can't change your identity or say that this is the way you identify now, I, I think there's something wrong with that because whether or not you agree with it, I think it's important to respect what it is people want. That's the way I really feel about it. I don't care who you are, or how you identify. Maybe you don't even say your gender has changed. Maybe you just decided one day that you didn't want to be Ellen anymore. And now you want to be Elliot. I think if people are being respectful, then they refer to you as Elliot. I don't have a problem with any of that. Or if somebody comes up with a new nickname and they're like, this is what they call me. Okay, well, it might take me a minute to remember just because I've been calling you this for so long. But I thought she was completely off base and I thought she was trying to make things unrelatable for people. And I know people in cities like she's from Seattle, so Portland, Seattle, those people tend to get really gung-ho about things and really start inserting themselves and acting like they're in charge of policing somebody. But I never know who deputizes these people. I never understand why these people feel this way. So I got into it with this woman and let her know that I basically thought she was just telling brown people what to do, which was my way of trolling her because I know that nothing bothers these people worse than reminding them that right now they're silencing or stifling brown people because Jay is brown, he's Indian, and I'm Mexican, and she was trying to tell us how everything worked, and I just felt like, okay, well, I know you think
think this is a white woman's position and that you're supposed to tell us the way that we're supposed to feel and how we're supposed to address other people and this is just where you're comfortable in society so she got very upset with this she wasn't able to win the debate that we were having and i did hand her ass to her in a not so shitty way it wasn't like i was completely shitty about it i was just using the politically correct rules that she's going by and keeping her to that that's all i was doing and I think that she should have been better at taking that if she really is trying to learn, but she wasn't trying to learn. Like most of these people aren't trying to learn. Most of these people have just found a new station that they can police others from and they've decided that this is now their job. So it's really just leftover Karen energy. It doesn't come from a good place at all. So she got upset with that and she decided to report a post that I put up a long time ago, which is what a lot of people do. And this is across the board what these losers do. When you make people mad online on Facebook, what they'll do is they'll start scrolling your page and they'll just scroll until they find something that they can report, something that might be iffy. And so she reported this post that I had put up about the people that are begging for revolution need to get popped in the mouth one time and then they won't feel that way, which is something I stand by. I really do stand by that statement. Like you see a lot of people talking about revolution on both sides. But when you look at them, when you look at their profiles, it's like you're not going to do well if there is an actual revolution. So how about you go ahead and drop that idea and stop trying to push that and just accept that maybe you don't like the way things are and maybe something needs to be done, but something other than a revolution or a civil war is probably a better option, especially looking at the way most of you are built. And I'm not trying to make it seem like I'm the most built guy in the world or whatever, physically fit or whatever, but, you know, technically, I think I could do well in a revolution, but... Who wants to deal with that? Who wants to test that? Not me. I just make sure that I stay in shape because you never know. But, at the, well, and also because we've discussed. I like getting laid. That's what it is. I've accepted that about myself. And when that calms down, it'll calm down. It's already calmed down like I've discussed before. And I say that, but then somebody cute hits me up and I'm like, all right, we'll give her one more whirl. And, <laughs> and that one more whirl sometimes happens more than I even plan on it happening. I had a Friday last week that would really put a lot of people to shame. And then immediately after, I had a Saturday to... It got crazy. That's all I'm going to say. It's just it got crazy. And that's what it is. And I enjoyed it. And I don't regret any of it. I didn't feel dirty after... Well, maybe I felt a little dirty after some of it. There was one guy I had to put out. Um, you know, I had to put him out of my place and I wasn't mean about it, but just I prefer that people be aggressive and assertive when it comes to approaching me. So when people come over to my place or I go over to their place, I'm not there to chat. I'm not there to be your friend. And I already told you guys how it turns out when I do chat like that one guy that I had over that. I had left hanging forever and then he came over two hours later and then I told him that I'd get to know him because I know that's what he wanted and then we didn't end up clicking and then we didn't end up obviously hooking up at that point. So that's what happens if I stall too much because I either lose interest, they lose interest, they feel I lost interest, which does 
genuinely happened because a lot of these people aren't worth talking to anyway. And I don't mean that like I'm the most interesting guy in the world. Again, when I say this, I'm not judging them in a particularly harsh way because if they chose to leave, if I asked them to leave and they didn't like motion to really stay or they were down to leave, then obviously they probably felt the same way I felt that this wasn't a good match. So I don't really try to get to know these people. Let's just do our thing and whatever. You come in, you approach me the way you approached me online, which is usually they talk dirty to you. They send dirty pictures like this is the way it usually works. This is gay courtship when it comes to grinder, if you want to call it courtship or the way that we talk to each other. So you got to come in with that same energy. When you come in, you just got to immediately approach me. When I go pick you up at the gate and you ask me if I'm okay right off the bat, it's like, am I okay? Why wouldn't I be okay? And what do you mean, am I okay? Like, do you, are you worried about my mental state? Because I don't think that's your business. I don't care what you do when you leave here. That's your business. And I don't mean it in the insensitive way that it sounds, but just my point is whatever you do after you leave is whatever you do after you leave. I don't care if you go hang out with other guys. I don't care what happens afterwards. And you shouldn't be so concerned with me, especially when I just got to the gate. It's like, what could be wrong right now? And I had been on a streak of hot ones, you know, where they were that several days was just a ridiculous amount of people that I guess you could say I was interested in for the time that I hung out with them because I don't want to hang out with any of them any further. Well, one of them I wouldn't mind hanging out with again in that very casual hangout sort of way. But He's way too young for me to actually date. I, he was 25, I think he said. So if you're 25 and I'm not 25, we're probably not going to be relationship material. I don't want to go through those phases with you. I told you my ex was 27 and I'm still dealing with the after effects for that. You know, I can't be running with these young kids when it comes to actual relationship. It's just what it is. I accept that about myself. Doesn't mean I won't have a little fun, but you're 25. I'm going to turn you loose at the end of all of it. And so, you know, and then I tried to put up my tree, which is something I talked about. And I started to put up my tree. Now it's halfway decorated. I ran out of the little hooks, though, so I got to go buy some of those. And I intended to buy those today, but I ended up running out of time. I ended up buying a new comforter and that kind of stuff because my East Coast bestie had given me last year for my birthday or this year for my birthday because my birthday is January. Um, this year for my birthday, my East Coast bestie had given me and her mother uh, the voices of Unbothered. When you hear the beginning, th that's something a lot of people don't know and a little bit of fun trivia for you guys. When you hear the beginning, like, you know, it's so cute because he says he's unbothered, but everything bothers him. And then you hear that he's unbothered. So the first voice you hear is my East Coast bestie's mother. And the second voice you hear is my East Coast bestie. So they had given me a gift card to Marshall's for a hundred bucks 
and I was very appreciative for it. But so far, I had been to Marshalls only like twice, and I looked around, and I didn't really see anything. So today, I went to Marshalls, and I was going to buy some Christmas tree ornaments, which really I don't need more, so that would have been a waste of money, and I didn't find any anyway. But I did see this comforter set that I was like, that's actually really cute. So I went in and bought that. I bought a couple of things for working out at Marshalls, and I used up pretty much all of my gift card. I think I got like five bucks left on it. But I'm really happy with what I got. So thank you, East Coast Bestie, and thank you, East Coast Bestie's mother. I try not to give out names on my podcast only because sometimes people get crazy and then they want to hunt down people that I know, and I try to leave the people I know to enjoy their lives. I'll tell you the truth about the people I know. The people I know, in a lot of cases, don't agree with a lot of the things that I say. They just love me and I love them. And if you know me as a person, you know that I am a very genuine person and I am a very good friend, even though I stay at least halfway bitchy. Not with the East Coast Besties mom, though, because when it comes to moms, I do have a lot of respect. I was raised right in that way. Nobody that really knows me would say, like, I've disrespected their mother or I'm that kind of guy. I treat people's mothers with a lot of respect because I really love my parents. And so I give people's parents the same respect that I would want somebody to give my parents. And so that doesn't mean I won't joke. That doesn't mean I won't be silly, depending on the vibe of the parent. If the parent is really on the more conservative side, not necessarily politics, I'm not talking that kind of conservative, but just, you know, in talking about sex or that kind of stuff, then I'll spare them all those details. I was raised right. Like, that's the best way I can put it. When it comes to respecting people, I'm, I don't have problems in that department. You know, respecting people's parents, that kind of stuff. Uh, I've said it before. I don't know if I said it on this podcast, but the thing with me in a lot of cases when people that I date want me to meet their parents, I'm cool with that. But at the same time, I feel like, okay, but be prepared for your parents to really like me or love me because that's just what's going to happen. It always happens. My ex fiance later on said his parents were talking shit about me, which I'm sure wasn't true because they were so nice to me and I was so nice to them. But who knows when people say whatever they say. So anyway, what I was saying with the tree um, is I was putting up my tree, which thank you to Freddie and Lizzie. Uh, they're my friends and they had given me the tree. I talked about it last year. I wasn't going to put up a tree and then I was going to get another tree for upstairs. I mean, like I was all over the place last year. But then I had finally decided I was going to put up a tree. And then I went over to Freddie and Lizzie's place. I don't remember for what, just to hang out or something, or maybe a party. They have good parties. And they said that they had this tree that was really cool and flocked and already had lights in it and, you know, obviously artificial. And they had bought a new one. And so they were like, we've only used this one like two years. So if you want this one and it's a great tree, it's a really pretty tree. And so I ended up having that tree. So obviously I still have that tree this year, still in great shape, still looks great. But I, I paused because I was going to do it on Thanksgiving, I was going to put up my tree. But then I went to see my family for Thanksgiving. I came back. I didn't really feel like it. And then I started getting a little bit of the holiday blues, which we've discussed. And I, you know, was going through depression, which is really lifting. And I'm happy for that. And I do feel like not smoking weed really has helped that out. So that's a blessing. And I'm thankful for that. Doing much better. So anybody that was worried about me, 
don't be worried about me. Things are going much better. But I did get sad when I was putting up my tree because I moved here into this apartment. I moved here with my ex-fiance on Thanksgiving weekend. And so he insisted that we have a tree that year, even though I didn't think we could afford to get a tree and all that stuff. And so obviously when it's time for me to put up the tree and stuff like that, I think about him. And so there was that. And then I started to think because I was having trouble, you know, because when you, you have an artificial tree, then you got to separate the branches and stuff like that. And I just started to feel like, you know, I was having trouble separating the branches because maybe I didn't do the best job of packing it last year. I, I say that I'll be more careful this year, but I know me and I probably won't anyway. I'll find myself in the same position next year. Maybe next year I'll buy a different tree. Maybe I'll buy a bigger tree. I've got way higher ceilings. I could technically have a bigger tree. I just don't know how obnoxious I want to get about it. But anyway, so I started thinking about like, I'm really not good at this. And I technically wish I had a partner that was good at this. And then I started going down the road of the only reason I even had a tree in the first place or started decorating for Christmas because I never decorated for Christmas back in years when I lived alone in L.A. Or, you know, I just was never big on putting up a tree. I would go to my parents' house and they had the tree and stuff like that. But I decided or I started thinking about the fact that Almost everything in my apartment, with the exception of a few things, but furniture-wise, everything in my apartment was stuff that I bought with or for is a better way of saying it because you really didn't pay for anything. It's just the facts. Um, but everything that I have in my apartment as far as furniture and stuff like that was for my ex. Technically, I was the kind of person that was never worried about like an actual frame for my bed. I always just used to put the box spring on the floor and the mattress on top of that. And I would make my bed. I would have sheets and stuff, mainly because other guys bought me sheets. Anyway, but, you know, either way, I would have had sheets. But people always bought me shit. So it is what it is. Let's not... I, I sometimes I find myself trying to clean it up for you guys. But then I remember this is unbothered by Tyra Vera. It's a completely unbothered vibe around here. So I'm just going to tell you guys the way it went down. Like one time I had this guy that bought me bamboo sheets and those were from the Encore home store and they're really nice and really soft. I don't know if you guys have ever felt the bamboo sheets from the Encore home store, but uh, you know, and, and I guess they're, kind of expensive i don't know i never look at the price i was raised that if somebody buys you a gift you don't look at the price that's what i was raised but there it's the encore home store so i'm sure they weren't cheap anyway i was never really worried about a lot of that stuff as far as the couch went i didn't have a couch i had a couch at my apartment in la and stuff like that but when i moved into this place i didn't have a couch no i had already gotten the couch um, but I got it when I was with my ex when we were moving into our apartment in Phoenix. And so there's so much of my apartment that is was bought for my relationship. So that started to pile up in my head, too. And I just have so many things in my head sometimes that really I don't need to have. And it's 
a matter of coming to terms with that. And that's the reason that I think sobriety is important for a person like me every once in a while. Because when I'm smoking weed or doing any other mind-altering substances, it's very easy for me to push these emotions down and not think about these things or only think about them in passing. And in a way, that's a good thing at certain points. But sometimes I really feel like it's important to feel all of those emotions and dissect why it is you feel the way you feel about these things or more specifically why it is I feel the way I feel about these things. Oh, in case you guys didn't notice, there's a little stain on my blouse right there. I don't know what that's from. There's also a little something right here it looks like. Anyway, so I feel like every once in a while it's important to really go inside and not in the way when you're on acid that you go inside, but in your regular state of mind and take these things apart and be like, why do I feel like this? And why do I feel like that? And and it's not just when it comes to my ex, because my thoughts probably aren't as consumed with him as unbothered would tell you in certain instances, but those thoughts do come into my brain at different points. And I feel like if anybody else is going through these feelings or emotions, I feel like it's important to have another person and be like, okay, at least I'm not completely crazy. Because in most cases, people will tell you, oh, don't dwell on that and don't think about that. And why do you always bring up your ex or that kind of stuff? And I think a lot of people that are in my position that maybe have some unresolved feelings start to feel like maybe it's unnatural or maybe they shouldn't talk about it. And I've always said, I don't think it's the things in your brain that make you crazy. I think trying to suppress the things in your brain is what makes you crazy. I think trying to appear to not be crazy is what actually makes you crazy. I think expressing your crazy, crazy in a healthy way is actually an important thing to do. I think being able to be honest with yourself and also be honest with others and say, yeah, these are things I have emotions about or these are things that I felt at different points and these are things that in a lot of cases, it's not about my ex or your ex or anybody's other people. In a lot of cases, it's about trying to figure out and forgive yourself. That's the way I really feel about it. Like when I think about my ex, it's not about my ex. It can't be about my ex. I haven't talked to him in a year and a year and a half, I think it is now. Yeah, like uh, over a year and a half, I haven't talked to him. So there's no living relationship with me and him. He's not contributing in any way. And I think it's important to remind yourself of this too. Because this is where it can get dangerous when you feel like the other person is an active part of the relationship. Then I think that's unhealthy. But when you acknowledge that you have these feelings and they're for you to work out and that you really should at some point forgive yourself for things you didn't see or things that maybe you think you could have done differently or things that you could have noticed from them that could have been possible red flags or even if you think that maybe they cheated on you at some point or that they weren't as invested in the relationship as you were and that 
you should have at some point called that out and really asked them about that. Or maybe you should have been more communicative or maybe you should have asked that they be better communicating or whatever it is that you're holding on to, you've got to figure out how to let go of. And that's the way I feel for myself in all of this. So it was important for me. I did cry a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Uh, when I was putting my tree together, it just overwhelmed me a little bit. And I, I cried a little bit. And then I got a hold of myself. And I was like, this is not a bad thing. Like, and putting up the tree isn't a bad thing. I know that now it's up. And like I said, it's only half decorated because I haven't bought the hooks, but I do feel better having it up. And I do feel like having mine and Bijou stocking up. And then there's an extra stocking that was given to me by the Storens, which I don't know. Well, I love Mickey Mouse. And that's what me and Mrs. Storen have in common is that we both, well, she loves Disney in general, which I'm cool with Disney. I like Disney, but she loves Disney in general. I personally love Mickey Mouse. I've loved Mickey Mouse since I was a kid. And when people ask me what my parents call me, most of the time they call me Mick or Mickey or Mijo is one of them. Nobody ever calls me a regular name in my parents' house. It's always a family nickname. But when it comes to my parents, Mick, Mickey, or Mijo are the names that they call me. And it was because when I was a little kid, I loved Mickey Mouse. I was a baby, baby. I don't even remember this time. It's just always been my nickname since I was a baby. And then people a lot of times are like, well, you're not Irish, you know, because I guess that's Mick and Mickey. But uh, anyway, but uh, when I was a little baby, I used to sing M-I-C-K-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Like that was what I was known for in my family because I was and so um, I really love Mickey Mouse and so there are three stockings up you'll notice and one is Mickey kissing Minnie and I consider that to be me and Bijou which even when I was with my ex Bijou is still my Minnie Mouse my parents have from way back when I first got Bijou because you know there's a Mickey Mouse um, ornament on my parents tree that I bought for them because I was like you guys have to have me on the tree and so I had the Mickey Mouse ornament and then I got Bijou and the first year I had Bijou so now seven years ago I was like you guys have to have Bijou too so Bijou is the Minnie Mouse some people would say Bijou should be Pluto those people are assholes and have no business in my life but I had uh, Minnie as Bijou. So there's one stocking that is Mickey kissing Minnie. And so that's me kissing Bijou. And then there's Bijou stocking, which is shaped like a dog's paw. And then there's just the Mickey stocking, which for me, the just Mickey stocking, this might sound a little cheesy or weird or whatever, but for me, since the Storens gave me that, I see that as their presence in my life and in my Christmas because I got to tell you guys, there are different people here in Vegas that I consider family. There are, and I won't go through them because if I leave out a name, then people will be like, well, why didn't you mention me? I thought I was part of your life. You are, bitch. Now shut up. Let me say what I'm trying to say. This is unbothered by Ty Rivera, not unbothered by your hurt feelings. Well, 
I guess it is kind of unbothered by your hurt feelings is really what I'm saying. But uh, there are many people that I consider family since moving to Vegas. I don't think I've ever felt more at home or welcome anywhere. And L.A. was great. I'm not one of those people that hated living in L.A. I never felt like it was fully home. It was definitely a place to work. It was definitely a place to get better at stand-up. But L.A. was never home to me. That probably also had to do with something that that I had to travel back and forth so much and I was traveling so much and you know, but like Vegas has feels more like home to me than anywhere else. And there are people, a lot of people here that I really consider family. But when it comes to the Storans in particular, that is my family, my family. Like they are, anything goes wrong, the world comes to an end. I'm hitting it straight over the Storen's house. Or if they happen to be in my area and suddenly shit goes down, they better come straight to my house. You know, this is the way that it works. We are actually family. So the Mickey, in that case, the Mickey by himself is, for me, the representation of them being a part of my family and my Christmas here. And then when it comes to my family, my family back in Phoenix, I don't feel like I have to have any representation of them other than the fact that I'm me and I am a product of them. And when I say them, I mean all of them. I mean my nieces, my nephews, my sisters, my parents. Everything about me is just somehow connected to them. So I am them, they're me. That's the way I see it. And this, again, might sound crazy or whatever, but I just tell you guys the way that things work in my brain. And I'm not saying everybody has to agree or think this way about their family or their friends or have representations or whatever. I just tell you guys kind of the way that I see things and the way I think things, you know. Um, there's also friends online that I consider like family. There's so many people. In that way, I feel so blessed. And that's why I had like a, a YouTube friend ask me about some of the negative things that people say about me online and they addressed a particular person not the same person I talked about last week <laughs> I'm hated by a lot of people but those people don't know me so I really don't care but they asked me if you know why I don't do a video about one particular person that seems to be obsessed with me and the thing is one because I really don't know that person so I don't know what I would do a video on other than the fact that a stranger has feelings about me which seems kind of odd but I don't see where I would pull content about that unless I were to just clear up the misconceptions that this person has about me or clear up the lies that this person is there, which there are many when it comes to these people this is the reason that i don't put any stock into what these people say about me pretty much everything that these people say about me and i don't mean this one in particular i just mean in general the people that don't like me they usually don't know anything about me other than what they've seen online or what they've read on Facebook or possibly scrolled my Twitter. They don't actually know me. Even watching the podcast, there's so many times that people have taken me the wrong way and it's because this is what their brain wants to tell them. Since I'm supposedly this evil person and they look at everything through this particular lens, that's the way that they frame everything. When really, it's usually so far off the mark and they make such an effort to twist what it is I am and what it is I'm saying because they're trying to paint a narrative. And the truth is, when it comes to me, there really isn't a narrative. I wish there was because it would be easier for me to break down. But 
there's just not my thinking is all over the place and I'm just really a person that's constantly trying to grow and get better and I make mistakes and sometimes I regret things that I say and sometimes I regret the way that I handle certain things and sometimes I feel like I'm right on the money and sometimes I feel like I'm right on the money in the moment but then in hindsight I see where I could have been a little softer I see where I could have been a little easier like there's so many different facets of my life where I feel different ways and then when we move on I feel a different way about it then and so I don't really know how these strangers that have never met me and like there's different levels of meeting me like there's people that have said that they know me and then I'm like I don't know you and then they'll produce a picture of me with them and it'll be like a picture of me after a show with several other comedians and it's like yeah do you know how many people have pictures with me that doesn't mean i know you i wouldn't lie if i actually knew you i'd be like yeah i know you and then there's some people that know me just a little bit and sometimes that's through other friends sometimes they've done a gig with me but even if you work with me for a weekend you don't know me I don't know you. I mean, I know if you're give me a good feeling, you know, then I'll be like, and I, I'm very clear with people about this too. That's why I always tell people, I, I put qualifiers on things. Like when I talk about certain people, I'll be like, oh yeah, I know that guy. And then I'll be like, well, actually I worked with him for a weekend and he was super cool or he seemed super cool. And that's the way that I commonly phrase anything. If you talk to some of the people that really do know me, John Carden is one person that really knows me. I've talked about him before. He's a comedian friend of mine that he's done the road with me several times. And we've been through it a little bit. You know, there was a point where I wasn't necessarily happy with John Carden. And that wasn't necessarily John Carden's fault. I was going through a different phase at that time. He did a couple things that got on my nerves. I was, that's again where I say, that I grow and sometimes I look at things and I'm like, yeah, I was unnecessarily harsh with John Carden at one point. And that's just what it was. I'm willing to accept that. And I think that's the reason that me and John Carden are such good friends at this point is because we grew through, we grew past that. Am I going to say John Carden didn't mess up at all when we were hanging out, when we were on the road together? He did a couple of things that he probably could have done differently. And this isn't me talking shit. This is just me telling you guys the way that it went down. And this is the way I have to look at things in order to be honest with myself and be honest about the situation and not be overly hard on myself, but just take an honest look at the whole thing. And so, you know, I think that's the reason that me and John Carden are such good friends, because even though we've never had a heart to heart about it, because I didn't think it was necessary, just at a point, everything went full circle and we became better friends than we were before. And I that's one person that if he ever really wanted to let me know how he felt about things, then I would be open to that, because I feel like John Carden is a fr good enough friend that he would deserve that if he wanted that. I don't think he does, though, because we talk on the phone pretty regularly now. I share the worst stories with John Carden, but we talk on the phone pretty regularly now. And when he's around, I try to hook him up with whatever I can hook him up with. And then whenever he has something that he can possibly use me on or hook me up with, he hooks me up with it. And I know that he's there for me and he knows I'm here for him. And so that's one person that if he were to say, I know Ty Rivera, I'd even if I didn't like what he said, I'd be like, well, 
he does actually know me. So, you know, Chris Dorn is another person that knows me. But, uh, you know, this uh, actually knowing me, it takes a, a little while to actually get it because you got to get past the initial part, which is just, you know, when we meet anybody, no matter how much you keep it real with people, you know that there is a little bit of your representative speaking for you when you first meet somebody you're trying to make a good impression or you're just being polite or whatever happens but to actually get to know someone it takes longer than just a weekend and when you work for a weekend with somebody the way that works out is in a lot of cases when you work a weekend with somebody you only hang out with them for a couple hours that you're at the show and then it's back to, you know, your hotel room and then they go back to their hotel room. And so you don't really get to know them that well in just a weekend. But my point is, sometimes people will produce a picture with me and it's like, yeah, I've taken lots of pictures with lots of people that I don't know. And if I say I don't know you, it's because I don't know you. Because like I said with John Carden, if John Carden were to say something that was could be perceived as negative about me i would really put a little bit of stock into that even though i might see it a different way and be like oh this is actually why that played out the way it played out and then maybe give him a better understanding of that but i wouldn't be like john carton doesn't know me i'd be like yeah he knows me it's, i i know who i know and i know who i don't know that's the worst part about a lot of people and why i don't really address this stuff uh, in a in a more detailed way, you know, and also I don't like to give any kind of shine to people that I don't like or don't care for or people that say negative things about me when they don't know me. Why would I give that person a shout out? Because I would have to use their name and I would have to give specifics. And the way that I would do it if I ever decided to do that was I would pull clips from the stuff they were saying about me or actually post quotes that they had said about me online and I would dispute them and believe me I would be very good at it because I know me and I know what I said and I can pull the same clips that they pulled about me and be like this was the full context of that believe me I'd be great at it if I wanted to spend my time on that but why would I want to spend my time on that? That's not helping me grow. If anything, that's going to help them grow, which maybe they could use that. But I'm not here to help them accomplish whatever they're trying to accomplish. And it's not in a negative way, but it's just like if I don't like you, if I don't think you're a worthwhile person, which if you're making up stories about somebody that you don't know, I think you have too much growing to do to deal with a person like me. Because one thing I don't do is I don't tell stories about people that I don't know because I don't know those people. I sometimes will tell you guys, and even that, when's the last time you've really heard me badmouth somebody on this podcast? Now, back in the day, there were different situations that I had that I felt like needed clearing up. And in order to do that, then I definitely had to talk about different people. And I realized that it was like, again, that's like the evolution right there is because there's certain episodes of my podcast that I pulled down because I realized that this could be hurtful to people that maybe have grown past that point where we had gotten into it and maybe they're not the same person and so maybe they shouldn't have to deal with the consequence of being that person then because I have a podcast out that talks about them from three years ago 
and they've grown past being that person. And then some of them have outright had conversations with me where they've apologized. And because I'll tell you, even on those that when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I didn't like the way that I handled that because I was really able to, I wouldn't say flame them because that was never my intention, but I was really able to air them out which at the time I really did feel like they needed to be aired out. But again, the reason that I would air them out was because they had usually started talking about me. So I've done what people are asking me to do. I've done that. And I know how it feels to do that. And I don't want to be that person anymore. So I might put some of those episodes on the Patreon and bleep out the names. I haven't decided yet. I am going to do the Patreon and it is going to be coming out within the next week, two at the most, but I'm thinking the next week. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to start putting unbothered the video version on the Patreon. So I'm thinking by next week, I'm just going to have to have it up by hook or by crook. It's just going to have to go up. And if you guys really like watching Unbothered, because the other thing is when it comes to the hour long format for my YouTube, it's not necessarily the best fit because everything I everything else I do on YouTube is like 10 minute clips. You guys have seen what I do on YouTube. It's like between 10 and 15 minutes. And that seems to be ideal for a lot of people that pay attention to what I do in the more casual way, which is kind of what YouTube is for. So then when you go to the Patreon and you can actually get this version version of me I feel like that's this is more intended for the people that really want to know me the people that really support me and this to me is a part of what's worth paying for about the Ty Rivera experience it just this is what if you're really somebody that's invested in me this is something that's worth having on the Patreon I'll still put out the audio version um, but I'll continue to put it out the way I put it out, which is a week behind this version. So this is my pitch to you guys, for lack of a better term, for part of what the Patreon is going to be. So that I figured out. Then, like I said, when it comes to those episodes, I will put up the episodes that are from times that I didn't really like. At the time, I did like myself. I have kind of been in love with myself for a long time now it's not all parts of me and it, like I said it's always evolving but it's I'm, I'm probably a bigger fan of me than most people would think even when I edit these I gotta be honest I fall a little more in love with me every time I have to edit something that has to do with me because I'm like you're so silly and like I like me on so many levels and I don't think there's anything conceited about that. I think everybody should like you. I think that would be my message to everybody. That's my holiday gift to you guys. If you want to know is fall in love with yourself because even when things are going wrong, even when there's things you don't like about yourself, even when you don't like what you were at a particular point at every point in your life, you should love yourself. That's, that's the best advice that I can give anybody is like really love yourself. And last week I talked about it and Cindy thanked me for it when I talked about the part where like you got to decide you're beautiful. Like there's nobody else that's going to decide that for you and don't look to the rest of the world to decide that. Like you've got to decide you're beautiful. And that's something else is like and I don't think it's a bad thing. 
is when I look at myself when I'm editing, there was like different points where I would think to myself, oh, you look a little bit fat there or this is wrong or that's wrong. And then I was like, what are you talking about? You're fucking beautiful. I mean, like, just love you. And so, like, even that, you know, I don't concentrate on anything that I don't like. If I see anything that I need to fix, you know, like, technically these lips could be a little bigger. But we don't need to spend money on things that we don't need right now. Technically, we need to make sure this rent gets paid. It's what we really need to do. And so I'm also going to be... So much stuff coming up. But, yeah, um, I, I'm, my CDs are coming. Uh, technically, they're here. They're literally here. But I need to figure out how to do digital download because at this point, for some people, they still prefer CD technology. And that is why I got it. Because certain people that follow me have specifically asked for CDs. Cindy is one of them. Cindy is... Uh, unbothered by ty rivera fan comedy fan i would say a friend at this point because we talk regularly through dm and stuff like that and i really do appreciate you cindy um and you had requested that i get cds again and so i got to run a cds but there's also a fair amount of people that look at a cd more as just a souvenir and this is the last time i'm gonna be running a uh, doing a run of CDs on this particular album after this if I put out another album then I'll consider doing more CDs but like on this the original Ty Rivera album titled Ty Rivera which you can also buy on iTunes um is that iTunes is that what it is Apple Music whatever it would be it's down in the description you guys stop bugging me about these small details anyway you can buy it there but if you decide to buy the CD the CD is more looked at by a lot of people as a souvenir and so this is going to be the last time I'm doing a run of these CDs I ended up getting 50 of them so um you know I'm going to be putting those out but the point is I've got to figure out a way to give a free digital download with the CD. So if you're a person that, say, doesn't have a CD player or doesn't want to mess with the CD player or doesn't have a CD drive in your computer anymore, a lot of times they don't have those. I know Apple doesn't have those anymore. I don't know about PC because I'm not a PC person. I was a PC person for a long time, but I don't know what's going on with PCs now. But... Um, so I have to have a digital download as an option, too. So I want those to be at the same time. So if you buy the CD, it's like, OK, here's your CD and here's the digital download or the code for the digital download. So all this is stuff that I have to figure out. And I really need to just put my nose to the grindstone. That's another part of the reason that I'm sober is I need to do all of these things. Like I know I've been telling you guys about the Patreon for a couple months now and I'm going to be honest, there's a part of me that's a little insecure about putting up a Patreon and I feel like, you know, what if nobody subscribes to my Patreon? What if it's just sitting there? Well, what if? So you never know until you actually do something how it's going to work out. And that's another part of me taking up accountability and really thinking about why it is I'm doing things the way that I'm doing them or why it is I'm not doing things the way that I'm not doing them. Either way, it's for me to figure out and I'm going to just put myself out there as much as I possibly can because it's all worth it it's all learning and I can honestly say that anything that I put my mind to when it's come to stand up or me pursuing my path in entertainment because and I put entertainment in quotes because 
I really do love stand up and I see it as something different, even though it is in the field of entertainment. But anything that I've really put my mind to, I've been good at. Like it's actually been successful to different degrees. You know, the YouTube, this YouTube was going really well until I got mad at YouTube and decided to take a break off of it. And then, you know, that affected like the algorithm and stuff like that or my um, being fed through the algorithm. And so, again, I started back up and yeah, it's a slower build this time around, but also I haven't really put 100% into it the way that I should have. And then I've done certain things that were like kind of missteps, but then is it really a misstep if you end up learning from it? Because I don't think it is. So, you know, it's, I don't know why I have that insecurity that things aren't going to work out when in most cases they have worked out. Like, I'll tell you guys this story. Back when I first started doing stand-up, because my parents don't go out. They've never been nightlife people or people that show up to a lot of things. That's just what my parents are. Some people think that that makes them unsupportive, whatever. It is what it is. So one time after I've been doing comedy for a couple of years, I asked my dad, I said, are you and mom ever going to come out to one of my shows? And my dad told me literally, he said, me and your mom will see you when you're on TV. Well, I made that happen shortly after he told me that. Because as soon as he told me, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make it on TV so this man can see me actually perform. And then it was shortly, shortly after that that I did Logo Network. And then immediately after that, I did Comedy Central's Live at Gotham. And then a couple years after that was when I did Gabriel Iglesias' thing. And then a couple years after that was when I did the Roast of America. And I made that all happen, like bam, bam, bam. So... I don't know why I have this particular insecurity about things not happening the way that I want them to because usually when I try for something, it ends up working. And then also, never mind. I could go into more stories with you guys, but just long story short is I need to stop having this irrational fear and insecurity of things not working out and I need to stop hiding from myself in weed. So not everybody's doing that. And like I said, I am nine days in and I've decided I'm going to do three months. I believe it was Chad Z that has suggested that I do the three months here on YouTube. He had suggested that I do three months rather than the full year. Committing to the full year was just commit to three months and do that. So thank you, Chad Z. Um, I really do appreciate that suggestion because I did decide to take it. A couple of people on that same thread or episode agreed. They were like, yeah, just start off kind of slow so it doesn't feel so daunting. So three months is what we're doing. We're nine days into it and things are only going to get better. And I am going to stick to this and you guys can hold me responsible for that. You guys can hold me accountable for that. You guys can be like, okay. Said you were going to stay sober, so now stay sober. Hopefully you guys cheer me on. If not, you're haters, and you're going to get a lump of coal in your stocking and one up your ass if you're not fucking careful, you fucking haters. But anyway, um, yeah, that's what's going on with Ty Rivera, and I hope you guys are having a good holiday season so far or a great holiday season so far. So please... Take my advice on certain things. There's a lot of things that I don't know. But one thing I do know 
is that no matter what you look like, no matter what mistakes you've made, no matter what wrong has been done to you, no matter what wrong you have allowed to be done to you, just love yourself. Love yourself, appreciate yourself, and accept that no matter what age you're at or where anybody else around you is in life, that you're evolving and you can always be a better person tomorrow. You can always be a better person today. It doesn't have to start tomorrow. You could finish listening to this podcast and be like, you know what? I'm going to take what Ty said. He knows so little. He practically knows nothing. He's bad with men. He's chosen the wrong surgeons at different points. Sometimes they're not even surgeons. Sometimes just black market trannies with vials of silicone. But anyway... Uh, he's, he's definitely made some mistakes in life, but he's right about the fact that I should love myself. And then from that point forward, you just start loving yourself. Anyway, this has been Ty Rivera, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. Stay unbothered. Mm -hmm.